conversation with Dr. Nate Klemp. The insight that goes missing there is that our mindset is contagious. So if you are a leader who is expecting everything out of your employees without giving anything that is contagious, your employees will mirror that back to you at every turn. Whereas if you can shift to this mindset of generosity, that also becomes contagious and it creates this kind of upward spiral effect where your generosity elicits more generosity from your employees and you kind of create a culture of generosity at that point. I think with respect to generosity, the risk is that you give too much and the people on the other side of the table, your employees, your partners, whoever it might be, essentially just take advantage of you. You know, you become a doormat. And that's the risk that I think is so great for most of us that it keeps us from being generous in our relationships, in our marriages, in our companies. And so I think that that's a legitimate risk. And when that happens, it's worth revealing that. So I think communication is in some ways the antidote to that risk. And yet there's also massive reward in creating a culture where there is that spirit of generosity and this idea that, hey, we're a team together. We're not just a bunch of individual all-stars fighting for airtime. So there is a risk, yes, but I think the reward is worth it. And there's a pretty clear antidote, which is just clear communication and revealing what's really happening when there's a miscommunication or, or you do feel like you've become a doormat or taken advantage of. Something I've experienced myself in corporate teams is that you often, you almost inevitably reveal these moments of hurt feelings or misunderstanding. The question is, do you reveal them quickly and skillfully, or do you reveal them over a long period of time through some sort of explosive action that diminishes the entire culture of the company? I think it's almost inevitable that one of those two things is going to happen. So, so like the question isn't, are you going to reveal? You will reveal what's really happening. But the question I think that's really interesting is, can you do that quickly when it's just a small rupture in connection and, and it actually doesn't take that much time or effort to clean up, or do you do it in a way that that's really messy? And so I think that there are a lot of teams that are realizing this and, and the power of saving that energy drain. Because you know if our goal is to be productive as a team, and yet we have all of these withheld issues and resentments that nobody's expressing, that is like a, a huge break on the system. Right? It's just this massive drain of energy that's taking away from our ability to move forward together. And then you have employees saying, I don't want to go back to the way things were before. That wasn't good for me. That was actually harming me. And so I think the solution to that dynamic is to find some place in the middle. So for employers and companies thinking about how can we create a culture that is actually radically supportive to well-being while also being a really productive workplace. So I think there's really like, a question of how do we meet in the middle? Where's that middle ground?
And I think that's something we're all going to navigate over the next few years as we figure out what does it mean to work in the post-COVID era? I think there's a really important distinction here between wellness as window dressing and wellness as cultural change. And when I first started our company, Life Cross Training, which was a mindfulness training program for law firms and consulting firms, I remember we had a client that was a big law firm and they were the epitome of wellness as window dressing in the sense that they basically said, we crush our new associates who come in here. They work 90 hour weeks. They work on Friday nights, Saturday nights. So we need to give them something to justify these crazy hours and the crazy life that they live. So we're going to give them this mindfulness program. So it was like a very conscious and deliberate attempt to say, we're going to give you this one thing to offset the horrendous working conditions that we've set up for you. And it didn't work well for all sorts of reasons. But I think the main reason is that it was clearly just window dressing and nothing more. The companies that we've worked with that really do this well, on the other hand, they view this as fundamental cultural change. So it's not just like, hey, you have mindfulness coaching or you have meditation classes or you have yoga classes or things like that. It's everywhere you turn in the company, you see artifacts and reminders of the fact that well-being matters. maybe it was the first, was about what do you do if you're first starting a business? And I think there you're not so much dealing with these big bureaucratic cultural problems. You're dealing with, hey, we have no budget. We're a startup. How do we do this? There, I think it's almost easier in the sense that if you as the founder or your team of founders can buy into this, and again, bring it into the way you run your meetings, the way you have conversations, all of a sudden, it can just become a part of the culture. And it's actually easier because you're talking about a culture of five or 10 or 20 versus 20,000. So if you're showing up from a place of, hey, we really care about your well being, and I, as the leader, care about my well being, I have my own practice or my own you know, set of protocols that I use that is contagious. Likewise, if you live in a kind of cutthroat mentality of, hey, I'm just going to grind it out and work myself to death, that's contagious too. And after the great resignation, I don't think too many people want to be around that kind of energy. So you're going to have a hard time keeping people in your company. Thank you for supporting the Stanford Graduate School of Business project. This conversation for the Executive Studies Lead Program was with Dr. Nate Klemp. Have a wonderful morning or evening, and my name is Tierney Powers.